1: Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour. It is Monday, and saddled up next to me is Ryan Roberts. He's the Director of Recruiting here at Irish Breakdown. I'm Vince D'Addario. We'll be taking you through all the information that is recruiting, and obviously this was a big weekend for recruiting Ryan with the grill and chill and everything else. And then, of course, this morning, We've got the uniform reveal of the green jerseys, which according to some fans, uh, that's all the recruits care about is apparel and jerseys. So, okay, we'll we'll roll that into recruiting. And then on top of all of that, there's a bit of a social media blitz by the committed kids. And they've got all these videos about how great Notre Dame is and they're pushing them out. And so there's... (laughs) I mean, no shortage of things to talk about today, Ryan.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
2: Yeah,
3: and like Pete Weber said, it was live with us now on Twitter, he says the Jersey reveal video, the recruits posting videos that, that are dope. You've got former players speaking to the team and those talks being retweeted. It finally feels like the media team is doing it right. And I think that that's a great way to kick it off, Vince. I mean, because I agree with uh, famous bowler Pete Weber here, right? The fact that... We have thrown a little bit of shade at the social media team in the past, as far as doing more, right? Getting right. more visibility to this team, more. Access. And they certain they're, they're certainly making up for that today, man. Obviously, that big social media push. I've see, I saw CJ Carr obviously tweet out a, a fantastic video earlier. Cam Williams tweeted out a graphic of all the great players that have come from the state from the city of Chicago in the past. I saw. Who was it? It was uh, Aeneas Williams who tweeted out a thunder and lightning combination thing with him and Kidron Young. I saw a video Micah Gilbert posted that was of Tim Brown talking to the team. So yeah, man, it has been really cool on top of the green jersey reveal this morning to really get some visibility to this program a day after their biggest recruiting weekends for the 2025 group of the summer. So I thought that it was fantastic and it was a really great job by the social media team like all the stuff that i've seen so far that they've been putting out it's really dope man it's been really good cool. yeah
1: yeah it's it's a it's it's clearly a concerted effort to get the brand out there right and, and and get the brand out there at the beginning because you know a lot of teams are starting practices now and so they're getting their stuff out there notre, notre dame is like eh, hold on a second we're still here too we are relevant. We're getting our name out there. We're getting our brand out there. And it's always going to be more relevant than everybody else. And I dig it, man. I I I like the bravado of Notre Dame just kind of taking over social media and, you know, making this their day, which is awesome. So it's good stuff, Ryan. It is good stuff. I And I, I do love the fact also that Notre Dame is getting the committed players involved yes. in that push as well, you know, because – Fans
3: follow, recruits follow each other. Like getting those and, guys involved is huge. And I would say too, Vince is. Is there's a lot of question always about the NIL space, right? Players being able to profit off their name, image, and likeness. Sure. And what better way to that to show that you are fully on board with that than the social media team highlighting a lot of these players and highlighting who they are and what they're going to do and past players and past accomplishments. I think that that stuff is very great not only for the visibility of the program from a national perspective, from a relevance perspective, but also the the kids get a kick out of that, right? And being able to make C.J. Carr more visible, being able to make it Williams and Kidron Young and Micah Gilbert and Cam Williams and all these great football players more visible. I think that that is tremendous. And did you see the tight ends you video that Jack Larson tweeted out earlier? No,
1: I didn't see
3: that one. They, they basically had some players who were not former Notre Dame alums. Uh, they were asking them, you know, who's tight end you? And a couple of the former players were even like, yeah, it's it's probably Notre Dame. Like they've done really well. It's definitely <laughs> not the school I went to. And then you had Cole Komet come on there. I was like, yeah, it's it's tight end you type of, type of thing as well. Nice. So visibility, not only for the program, not only from a national perspective, but also for these players that are going to be – suiting up every Saturday, man, and, and putting it to the grind, right? And so I, I think that it is tremendous, especially this time. Right now, it's very strategic in my opinion because you had a lot of momentum this weekend for these 2025 class especially and maintaining that momentum and continuing to build upon it I think was a great idea as far as the timing of this as well.
1: Absolutely. So let's, let's just jump in with both feet. Ryan into the weekend that was from a recruiting standpoint Sunday the big cookout the grill and chill that everybody's talking about also happened to simultaneously be at the same time as as Michigan which I love because Notre Dame's going to get the love and the pub from that but talk us through what the day looked like for these guys. Like what did they do? Were they just showing up grabbing a burger and leaving or was it a little bit more, you know, involved than that? And then we'll jump into the specifics of, of the, uh, of the guys that were on campus.
3: I mean, yeah, I wanted to spend this first session really kind of just shouting out the Notre Dame staff for a second, the Irish staff. And that's not only the coaching staff, that is the recruiting operations, obviously as well, Chad Bowden and his crew and being able to put on, what was a tremendous event. I mean, it really was because yes, it's a, Chill and grill cookout, so that will obviously show you vibes of they're eating food, they're conversating, they're going to be able to kind of just build those bonds. But a lot went into this, Vince, a whole lot. I mean, first and foremost, Chad and his his team did a nice little entrance thing at the beginning, you know, kind okay. of playfully like he does every single year, which I think is pretty neat. So they were wearing like the ref shirts, the ref t-shirts, and everything, and it was just kind of cool. They did it last year where they they dressed up like uh, like. Secret service members. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're like frisking, frisking um, the players and stuff, which is just absolutely hilarious. So (laughs) they got off to a fun start. But I mean, what was involved in this? A lot. I mean, I talked to kids and we're talking about the traditional stuff, the campus visits. We're talking about the photo shoots. We're talking about the coaching meetings and being able to sit down with them and the parents and, you know, all these different, all these different presentations to really sell the program of course like the traditional recruiting stuff but on top of that they were broken up into teams at some points they're doing all these fun mini games they were playing dodgeball at one point they're playing knockout they're playing other cool games and then someone tweeted out yesterday the video uh the the picture i think someone put it on the board of the food from the cookout and i mean they're eating steak corn on the cob all that great stuff but then someone threw shade on the bull message board was like, oh, I, I think uh, that steak's not well, well seared or something like that. Well, it turned out the players broke up in the pods and they were having a cook-off against each other, a part of this day as well. So I think it was really cool because a few of the players and we will get into it. I think we're split up into groups very strategically as well. And be it, being able to really feel comfortable with the other players on campus. So we're talking about mini games. We're talking about tours. We're talking about photo shoots. We're talking about cook-offs. We're talking about eating the great food that these players were able to prepare. And we're just talking about a great time to, to really be able to get to know the other recruits on campus, to get to know some of the 2024 commits and Davion Dixon, the 2025 commit that was on campus, and the coaches, of course. So I think this is a great event, man, very strategic Really, really good job by the Notre Dame coaching staff and recruiting recruiting staff putting on a great event.
1: So this was an all-afternoon situation right. is what you're saying. This was not like a the, quick, you know, hey, how you doing kind of a, This was
3: So I, I, I think the event officially started at 1045 in the morning. Oh, wow. And okay. I mean, I was hitting up players probably around like six-ish, and some of them were just finishing up at that point. So we're talking about – Early in the morning, 10 something in the morning until right around dinner time, a little after dinner time of these players of full on activities throughout the day. Obviously, some of them had their parents come, grandparents, coaches. It was just tremendous, tremendous event, I think, and an all day event. That's awesome. That is awesome.
1: Okay, so let's uh, let's jump into some specifics here, Ryan, because obviously the people want to know uh what happened with some of these guys are is you know is Notre Dame in a better spot were they in a good spot coming in you know just all of that I know you've been working the phones here over the last 24 hours pretty heavily about talking to all these guys and doing all of these different things so let's start at the top and we've got running back Justin Thurman
3: yeah, I, I, so we kind of broke this up into what I would say kind of tiers a little okay. bit, right? As far well, as I do the, first all the whole tier together kind of yeah, a thing. Well, or? no, no, okay. we can go, we can go one by okay. one. But these okay, first, okay. these first groups of players, just so everybody is aware, are players that coming out of the events, Notre Dame is the assumed leader for different okay. reasons. So we'll talk about that more in depth, player by player. But you can also go to boards at I put out an intel piece this morning, and it's still getting added to because there were. There were two cancellations. So there ended up being 31 total players on campus. So, you know, we're still working through obviously getting in touch with a couple of those kids. But as of right now, Justin Thurman is a player that I really wanted to hit on because coming into the event, and this is the running back out of Tampa Bay, Florida Jesuits High School. Who, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that Notre Dame was in a tremendous spot with Justin Thurman, who is a just a blur of a running back, a kid that's already considered a four star, despite being more, you know, kind of a guy that had a big timeshare in the backfield last year, really fast, explosive four, four type of athlete, 30 high, 30 inch vertical. And then he's been on the podcast. So everybody knows just kind of listening to him. It's a Notre Dame kid, man cares about academics. He cares about just the development. He cares about the four for 40. He really gets the pitch. And coming into this event, Notre Dame, I believe, was the leader for Justin Thurman. And I think that that just got even more solidified this weekend. You know, he talks about constantly the relationships he's been building with the staff because he got offered by Notre Dame, but he still wanted to come and camp a couple months ago. So he came and camped even with an offer and really just showed out. And I think at that point, even before that, Notre Dame knew that they wanted to push for Justin Thurman because he just kind of checks all the boxes of great kid. Great athlete, developmental upside, can be a really good football player. And he talks a lot about Dela McCullough. has obviously had a big impact on him, the relationships he's developed with the staff. Notre Dame is basically a home away from home for him right now. So he's talked about making a summer decision. That's still the plan as of now. Like I would this, just say this summer, this summer okay. right before his junior season. And wow. I would say this. I would put it like this, Vince. I expected this to maybe be in late August type of decision. I wouldn't be shocked if he moves that up a little bit. Because I okay. think Notre Dame has really just answered every question that he needs. And Notre Dame is definitely the leader working down the stretch here. So there's going to be some schools. he's ha- He has a healthy offer list. There's going to be schools that are going to try to make up that ground as we head towards whenever the decision day ends up being. But Notre Dame is is the number one team right now for Justin Thurman. And he's just done a tremendous job, and that included this weekend.
1: Okay. Let's move. Uh, still stay on the offensive side of the ball. A legacy kid, tight end yep. James Flanagan.
3: This this was a really interesting one because if you would have asked me who was the leader coming in to this weekend, and sorry, as my my my, my camera started tilting, that was really strange. <laughs> I would have I would have told you, and of course he's Jim Flanagan's son, who was a great defensive right. lineman for Notre Dame in the early nineties. If you would have asked me, James Flanagan's top schools, Vince, I would have said it's Notre Dame and Wisconsin. And I thought that mm-hmm. was a pretty even split. Coming out of the weekend, this much more feels like Notre Dame made a big move with James Flanagan this weekend. Of course, they already have Nate Roberts committed in class out of Oklahoma, who is a – I think going to end up being a top 50 overall recruit in the 2025 class, tight end, out of, out of a really good program, Washington High School in Oklahoma, that just coming off of the state championship. But they still want James Flanagan, and they still want him to be that second tight end in the class, Notre Dame. And as of right now, Vince, like I thought that it was kind of a, a battle going into the weekend, and I think Notre Dame has separated themselves for James, right? And so he's keeping, as far as when he wants to make a decision, a little bit up in the air. He doesn't really have what you would call a defined timeline, but all I'll say is if it does end sometime soon, Notre Dame has to like their chances to land the legacy tight ends, James Flanagan, because he is another player who, I mean, <laughs> Jared Parker's had a tremendous impact on them. He really has. Sure. He's done a tr- And I think it's the transparency too, right? Like they know he, James Flanagan knows that they already have a tight end committed in the 2025 class. And some kids would get, would get scared away from that unless the coaches are able to really portray a plan. Right. How are we going to use both of you? How are we going to use both of you in this offense at the same time? And they've been able to portray that to James Flanagan. So, as of today, as of right now, feel really good about where Notre Dame is with James Flanagan. I feel like they've separated themselves a little bit this weekend, and they needed to because he's been on recent visits to penn state and stanford and ohio state at one point this offseason as well like he's been kind of all over the place been taken in michigan he was at recently he's been to a lot of great schools who have made him a priority as well this is a top 150 type of tight end in the 2025 class in my opinion and notre dame i think is is in the in the driver's seat for james Flanagan. nice
1: very good Uh, Last one in this kind of tier of guys that we're going to talk about going back to the other side of the football safety,
3: Ethan Long. Yeah. Ethan Long, who's out of Brunswick school in the state of Connecticut, 6'2, 185 pounds listed. Brunswick school is a really interesting one too, Vince, because in 2025, they also have Maddie Augustine, who is an offensive tackle for the school that Notre Dame is heavily in on and a player that was also visited this weekend. Ethan Long, I will say this. I think Notre Dame was in a really good spot with Ethan Long before the visit. I think that they're in an even better spot with Ethan Long coming out of the visit. Like, this is, again, our first section is kind of who Notre Dame has has really rose into the leaderboard for players. And Ethan Long's another one of those kids, a player that Notre Dame absolutely wants in this class, a player that has talked about in the past. Al Golden, he's talked about Chris O'Leary, he's talked about Marcus Freeman. He's talking to everybody, and he camped this summer, came away with an offer, and I think that Notre Dame is going to push heavy for Ethan Long, another kid where I would say Notre Dame is definitely the lead for coming out of the weekend, man. He is just – Notre Dame has done a tremendous job selling division. He's a really soft-spoken kid. He's very reserved, but you can tell that he really loves the University of Notre Dame.
1: Well, let's stick with the same – position uh because there's a couple of guys and it seems like you know i know safety recruiting is is uh high on the priority list for a lot of fans and obviously it is for notre dame as well in the 25 class there's a couple of guys here uh that i know that they're pushing hard for jadon blair and ivan taylor
3: this was my favorite section that i wanted to talk about vince because we just talked about we just talked about ethan long who is a really good safety but notre dame was in a really good spot with ethan long coming into this visit Jadon Blair, who is a safety out of North Carolina, 6 foot 4, 180 pounds, which is just a crazy. Wow. And this isn't a kid that's going to be a rover eventually, folks. Like this is a kid that is just a really massively long safety. And Vince, honestly, like I've had him on the podcast before. I've done several interviews with him. He was very intrigued by Notre Dame. But Notre Dame was definitely not in the driver's seats. They were definitely not, I would say, at the top of the list, even in the top group necessarily. Jadon, I think, was interested in Notre Dame. But to what degree was the question, right? To to, to how high of a level. And this was his first visit, the first kid that we've talked about today that was making his first visit to South Bend's, first one. And to say they moved the needle would be a massive understatement. It really Hmm. would be. I mean – because he, he talked about the same stuff that you traditionally hear about you know coaches relationships and developing but this is a young man that didn't have a great relationship with Notre Dame coming into this because he had never been on campus you're just working out of a dead period as well he is very limited he's had very limited contact with Notre Dame that's why Notre Dame tries to get kids to camp on sure. campus because they have that ability to really have that communication despite this only being a what's it ended up being like a seven hour type of window of a visit for the most part. I believe that, that they made a big move for Jadon Blair. And I wouldn't say necessarily team to beats. I wouldn't like go that far, but I think that they're in the top group now, as far as early on for this young man, because he's not in a rush, but this was very important because him being a North Carolina kid, if you didn't knock this one out of the park, you're probably never going to be able to get him back to campus. If you didn't do well with him, like that was the struggle there. And he talked a lot about – he complimented the staff because he had kind of talked about the players around him, the coaches around him. He felt so comfortable. He felt like he was had been there. I think he said he said, said that he felt like he had been there multiple times, and he felt like he had talked to those coaches a hundred times at that point. Just such an easy conversation. If you're on X, not Twitter anymore, if you're on X, they <laughs> you would see that Jadon J- – J- was posting a million pictures of him in the Notre Dame uniforms, talking to Ethan Long, who I just talked about, that Notre Dame's in a good position for its safety. His father, who's on Twitter as well, was tweeting out a bunch of pictures, loving the visit, all that the great vibes coming out of this visit. So before it, I would say very long shot for jay Don Blair. Coming out of it, I would say that you are now – right near the top of the list for this talent mm-hmm. safety. And obviously there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I'm not saying that this is Notre Dame's one to lose. I'm not saying that Notre Dame's even in the driver's seat. But you're in the game now, man. You are in the game for a player made that a everyone is going to end up wanting. He's it's I think he's rated as like the number 26 overall player in the class by on, oh, wow. on three. Like this is a legit, legit prospect. And Notre Dame made a tremendous move. Okay. But now the
1: other safety who they're making waves for right now is, is uh, Ivan Taylor, right?
3: Yes. So Ivan Taylor is another one making his return visit to campus. He camped this summer, even though he's a top 32 player in the country by two different platforms. Like he's a highly rated player, but he still came to Notre Dame a couple months ago because he wanted to compete and get to get an offer. And he ended up getting an offer coming out of that event. And not your typical Florida kid. There are some Florida kids where you're just like, yeah, I, I don't think that that's like that's just probably not going to work, and he's going to have a hard time leaving leaving the South. I just don't see him coming up north. Ivan Taylor is not that way. Six foot, 170 pounds. The son of Ike Taylor, former Pittsburgh Steeler greats. And I don't know how they ended up down in Florida, but he is down mm-hmm. in Florida. But Vince, like this is this is the dream Florida kid if you're Notre Dame a right. young man that has no issue leaving the south and really values education values the long term which Brian Driscoll talked about this a ton usually players that fathers played in the NFL they usually value that right because they understand sure. how hard it is to understand how to properly invest money and save money and do and you know what's the next step after football and that type of conversation and i think that Ivan Taylor really understands that he's a kid that's Being recruited as safety, I believe he could also play nickel on the next level, and I think he could be a really good nickel potentially. So he's got some scheme versatility. And Notre Dame, again, they're in the top group for this young man. Uh, He's not in a a rush. He's talked about after his junior year. I don't think this is one that's going to pop sometime in the near future, sometime in the next two weeks. I, I don't see that necessarily happening. This is more an after junior year type of decision. But Notre Dame is trending in a great direction with Ivan Taylor, and I think that they'll be in it until the end with him.
1: Okay, that's good news. So let's see here. The next uh, group of kids who looks like it feels like Notre Dame is is moving the needle. Uh, let's start with yep. wide receiver, Taylor Taylor. Did I say that
3: right? Yes, Taylor okay. Taylor is... Arguably, and I know Brian Driscoll would argue this the top wide receiver on the board for Notre Dame. He is out of Geneva Community, which is in Geneva, okay. Illinois, right outside of Chicago. Six foot one, 175 pounds. I had a recent interview with his mother, Venus Taylor, who is a a head coach of a softball team in college and a really nice lady. You should go check out that, that piece on irishbreakdown.com. It kind of gives you a little bit of insight into their process because they're not in a rush, Vince. Like they've talked about. We want to take official visits. We want to like let this process play out, which makes total sense for a college coach that understands the recruiting process to a pretty high degree. I mean, she understands it more than most, especially obviously with her background of recruiting kids in, in a different capacity, but still recruiting and understands regulations. So she's a she's a really thoughtful, really nice lady who gave some insight into that. But for me, Vince, I, I kind of portrayed it as this. Notre Dame's in a good spot with Taylor Taylor. And for a kid that is so local, you need to just keep getting him back to campus. Get him back Mm -hmm. to campus. For a player that is not set to make a decision anytime soon, get him back to campus. Get him back to campus. Keep making him make the trip because you're 90 minutes away, right? You're 90 minutes away. When did the Justin Scott situation turn sour? When he stopped coming to campus, when he stopped making the trip. That's when it really started to get hairy and it started to get fuzzy. Taylor Taylor making his third trip this offseason, just this offseason. Keep getting him to campus. Keep getting him to campus. He loves Coach Stuckey. They talk the world of him. They like Coach Freeman a ton as well. They really like the coaches. They were very complimentary of the day, letting the kids be a little bit competitive in some of these games and letting them have the opportunity to talk to the other coaches, talk to the recruits on campus. Notre Dame is in a good spot with Taylor Taylor. This one is about. Keep working this one. Do not let up. Do not become inconsistent. Get him on campus. Maintain the communication. And I trust that will happen because he's a kid right. that is local, a kid that is a priority. And Chancy Stuckey has gained a lot of trust in a very short amount of time for me. And I believe that they will maintain that relationship very consistently. Yeah. when If you're
1: talking about maintaining a relationship, I feel like you know there's a, a few specific position groups that I have no worries that that would be the case. And wide receiver and Chancey Stuckey would be one of those position groups. So if it comes down to relationships and working it, I have full faith uh, in Chancey Stuckey and the wide receiver room. So
3: Ch- Chancey Stuckey is one of those guys, Vince. I know we talk about how important, and I believe it, how important experience is as a coach, right? Yeah. And the, the experience as a sure. developer. But Chancey Stuckey has shown – that no matter what the experience level is, if you get it and you're a grinder, you will figure it out, right? And exactly. he's figured it out. I mean, he went from a GA to a one-year position coach at Baylor to one of the rising stars as a wide receiver oh, coach yeah. in college football and one of the better recruiters on the Notre Dame staff. So he's done that in a very short yep. amount of time, and he's done a tremendous job, not only with Taylor and Taylor, but with this wide receiver room in general.
1: And I know this is the recruiting hour, and I get that, but to kind of piggyback yep. off of what you just said, if he takes yep. this wide receiver room that we all know what the talent level is in there, but there are a bunch of no-names nationally, right? If he can take this room and these guys can have a bunch of success this year, man, I, I hope they're renegotiating Jancy Stuckey's contract because he is going to be in high demand elsewhere. I will just put yeah. it that way. That's- <laughs> and you got to try to
3: keep him, man, because you the great to. thing about this – the great thing about this class too, I mean the wide receiver room right now, Vince, is that they're all young too, which is exactly. crazy. Like yes. outside of Matt Salerno, everybody else can come back in 2024, which yeah. is absolutely wild if you're able to maintain that that consistency. Every one of them. Every one yeah. of them.
1: And then they're adding wild with class, you know, they're adding to the class as well. So yeah, I mean, good grief. Cause you're basically trading Matt Salerno for Cam Williams.
3: Basically, which is uh, just I'm, yeah, yeah, all yeah, due respect and that's slam, but yeah, that's a say that's or I'm like a, Micah, a Micah Gilbert, right? Or a, right. a Logan Salvate, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, you know, I, yeah. I'm being a little hyperbolic,
1: but at the same time, yeah, that's basically what we're doing. All right, <laughs> continuing on offensive
3: side of the football, running yep. back Daniel
1: Anderson,
3: very interesting player, he's out of Bryant High School. In the state of Arkansas, crazy okay. stat because th- this is the same school that TJ Lindsay was at that Notre Dame recruited for a while in the 2024 class before things just kind of went in different directions. Five straight state championships. Bryant High School has one. Vince. Five straight. This is a team all they know is winning, right? And Daniel Anderson was a big part of that. A lot of blowouts on the Bryant schedule. So I think he ended up one of the most crazy stat lines I've ever seen. He had like 800 something yards rushing and only 78 carries this year. Average was like 11 and a half yards a carry. And he averaged like 27 yards per reception as well, which is just absolutely wow. insane. Absolutely <laughs> insane. He was another kid that camped this summer. And at the time that he camped, I don't think he was rated by anybody on any platform at that point. Now he's up to a four-star by at least one platform, and I think the number 160 overall player in the country. So he's starting to get a lot more fanfare and a lot more of that kind of recruiting backing, Daniel Anderson. And I think he's a player that Notre Dame likes, right, Vince? And, and a player that, as of now, Notre Dame, I think, is very high on Justin Thurman. I think they're very high on guys like Uzman Kroma and, and others. And I think Daniel Anderson might be in kind of like that second group of backs, as far as there's other guys that maybe are a little bit higher of priority as of right now. But they're maintaining that relationship a ton because they like Daniel Anderson, and I like Daniel Anderson. They saw him at campus, and he just tested a lot better than maybe they anticipated. They like his film, and he's another player that loves Dylan McCullough. We just talked about Chancey Stuckey and the reputation he's built. D'Elon McCullough has built that relationship in a much longer window obviously he's been an NFL coach he's been a college right. coach he's coached one a Super Bowl he's been a tremendous position coach for a very long time at USC at Indiana now at Notre Dame and he's recruiting at an all-time level at Notre Dame I mean you're getting guys like Jeremiah love and Keedron young and Aeneas Williams and Jabron Payne and you're getting some really really talented running backs coming to Notre Dame and right now Daniel Anderson's in that mix a guy that that cha- that Coach Piccolo definitely likes. There's no doubt. What will the push look for? I think that's a great question. But as of right now, he re- they really moved the needle again for Daniel Anderson. He loves Notre Dame. I mean, quite simply, he loves Notre Dame. I think right. that Notre Dame would have a tremendous. Uh, I think they would have a tremendous chance to land him if they made that necessary push. I really do think that it's to that level. But and but the cool thing about this visit, Vince, is he you know he talked about the coaches. We, we that's been a consistent thing throughout this conversation because the coaches did a great job. But he also talked about one thing that nobody else talked about. They had a presentation at one point during this camp because I asked them like, what was something that maybe took you off guard, a surprise that you had? They gave a presentation and they talked about players, both people that had played at Notre Dame or just been students at Notre Dame, and they talked about. The success that they had in careers outside of football, right? In the long term. And they talked about salaries and how much money people have certain made. And kind of openly not because you can hear the four for 40, and that becomes a little bit of a cliche, right? Like we know what that means, but like what does it a hundred percent mean? Well, it's showing you that you could be successful in other avenues of your life. And monetarily, obviously, that is a way that you can that you can really rank success, that you can understand success. And he talked about that, and he was like, man, I knew that you could be successful with a Notre Dame degree, but I didn't know to that level, like to that degree, for lack of a better word. So showing, I think that Daniel Anderson's interview, it's on irishbreakdown.com. I I think it was just a really interesting one because, yes, he talked about football. He talked about coaching relationship. He talked about a great visit. He talked about some of the things he did. But he also talked about the layer of education, which I think Mm -hmm. is very important at the University of Notre Dame. It can't be the number one. It can't be the only pitch, right? Academics and 4 for 4 that can't be the only part of the pitch. But it has to be a part of it. There's no doubt. Because people like Daniel Anderson, they'll leave and they'll be like, huh, I'm a running back. I know that there's a lower shelf life in the NFL. I know my NFL career wouldn't even be that long if I potentially make it there. But you know what else I can back up on? If I get the Notre Dame degree, I'm going to be okay, man. I'm going to be okay long-term and more than okay. I'm going to be good. So I think that that was a really cool thing, which is to see that some players – it's not going to be them all, but some players I think really do care about that stuff that we kind of take for granted sometimes.
1: Yep, makes a lot of sense. I'm, we're going to finish it off with the guys that probably made the biggest dent uh, at the grill and chill. Uh, and I mean that figuratively and literally. Uh, we've got <laughs> – yes. uh, Offensive lineman, Rowan Byrne, to start off things. Yes.
3: So, Rowan is out of Iona Prep in New Rochelle, New York. A player that also camped, – you're going to hear a, – there's a big kind of pattern here, Vince. Another kid that decided to come to camp this summer and earn his offer. That was Rowan Byrne. 6'6", 295, 295 pounds right now. Timeline's fascinating. It really is. So, this was his second visit to campus. The first time he was on the camp, and he spent multiple days at Notre Dame. I think a total of three days. And another player, Vince, that came on the podcast. And I mean, quite frankly, guys, like no transparency. I mean, full transparency here. Excuse me. No fluff here. Mm-hmm. He loves Notre Dame. He does. And I would say, coming into this visit, Notre Dame's the leader for him. He has the top three schools right now of Notre Dame. Michigan, and Wisconsin. That's the top three, which makes total sense. We're talking about offensive line producers. So three of the first schools that you think about, obviously, including Notre Dame. And I would say it like this, Vince, that he had talked about a timeline of during the season, he's going to go to Notre Dame, Ohio State. He's also okay. going to go to Ohio State, Wisconsin, because he wants to see mm. Wisconsin. He wants to see Notre Dame in person. He was out to see Michigan over the last couple of days as well. So that's kind of been the timeline. After the junior year, he was planning to take official visits and then making okay. a decision. So, so that says to me – You're a year away. You're a year away. Yeah. You're a year away in theory. I think yeah. the interesting part, and I think that Rowan understands this, is that this board's going to start filling up quickly. It's going through. And if you're Rowan Byrne, a kid that loves Notre Dame, you might have to start to move up that decision date a little bit. And it's just speculation, right? Because at some point there's going to be a numbers crunch in this class. I really believe that. Because you're in a good spot with guys like Owen Strebeg, who was just on campus as well. Maddie Augustine, who was just on campus as well. Will Black's a guy that out of Connecticut that Notre Dame that he likes Notre Dame a lot. So there's some other offensive lineman in this class that I think Notre Dame's in a really good position for. So that numbers crunch, I think could force up that timeline, but we shall see if that happens regardless. The big reason outside of the producer aspect of the offensive line position, which is a big sell for Rowan Byrne is Joe Rudolph. And I know at one point, after the Anthony Knapp kind of decision that was made, we had some questions about, You know, Joe Rudolph, who's he going to push for and and what type of recruiters is he going to be at the University of Notre Dame? And I think we're getting that answer so far in the 2025 class. The answer is potentially a very good recruiter. I think that that's what's going to end up happening because he has made a great connection with Rowan Byrne, among others, and that continued this weekend. He was a little bit late to the party, a little bit of traffic coming out of New York, which Uh, If anybody's been in New York, you know that traffic happens quite a bit. It's, It's not a surprise at all. But that continued relationship with Notre Dame developed deeper, became even more solidified. Notre Dame, Michigan, Wisconsin, I would say Notre Dame is at the top of that pecking order as of right now. When will a decision be made? Will it be in the new future? Will it be after junior year? Regardless, to quote Rowan Byrne in a past interview, Notre Dame will be in it until the very end. There's no doubt about that. So, Great momentum, continuing to build that momentum, and you're in a great spot with a very talented offensive lineman out of New York. Okay. All right. And our last guy, or one of the last guys that we're going to talk about here, uh,
1: Ryan, is another guy that made a dent at the barbecue, I'm sure, is defensive tackle Jarquez Carter.
3: Which is one of the cooler visitors that was this weekend. So he's at a Newberry High School in the state of Florida, Vince. And if you follow Notre Dame recruiting in the 2024 and 2025 class – Notre Dame has started to be making some waves in the state of Florida for defensive linemen. I mean, you got Sean Sevolano who was on campus this weekend for the 2024 right. class out of Clearwater Academy prep. You also got, or sorry, Clearwater collegiate Academy. I always, I always mix that up. And also Davion Dixon, who was out of bailing Jes- uh Jesuits, which is in, in, um, in Miami, he's also, but now he's going to Miami Palmetto as a junior in the 2025 class. The first commits that happens in the 2025 class for Notre Dame. So, back to back classes, you've gotten a defensive tackle out of the state of Florida so far for Notre Dame committed. And Jarquez Carter, the reason he took the visit up, one, because he likes Notre Dame. He's talked, he talked to me about that. I asked him, like, what were your impressions of Notre Dame before the visit compared to after? And he said, pretty, because I have a, a piece that's coming out on Jarquez soon. He had said, Vince, like, I loved Notre Dame before the visit from an academic standpoint and from a football perspective. Like they, they stand out. And so he liked Notre Dame, but the big reason that he came this weekend specifically is because he has a great personal relationship with Davion Dixon. They know each other. And they basically that was the big sell all we all was yesterday. Was come be a part of this. You and Davion could be a dynamic duo. He's six foot three, two hundred and seventy-five pounds. Davion Dixon's the 6'2", 305-pound nose tackle type, the bigger dude. Jarquez is more of that twitchy three technique, a guy that's a okay. little bit more of a one-gap penetrator, really talented player. His favorite part of the of the cookout was the cook-off because apparently his his team, which consisted of Sean Cevelano and Davion Dixon on top of him, great strategic, by the way. They got all the yeah, Florida right. kids on one team, which makes total sense. Apparently they did pretty good in the in the cookoff, and they got some good steak like out of it. the deal. So, and big like boys, it. man. So you know that they like to eat, right? You know that they like to do it. So I really think that Jorquez, because Jorquez got to bring his grandfather to the campus. He was the guy that he was the one that came with him, and he had also said that his grandfather really enjoyed the campus. They got to take the campus okay. tour. First time he was ever on campus as well. He's no, he said his grandfather, you know, had known about Notre Dame for a long time, obviously. But he got to kind of enjoy everything firsthand for the first time, like the, like Jarquez did as well. So, defensive line board in twenty twenty five is really crowded. It's really crowded. There's a lot of talented players and a lot of players. I think the Oregon's in a pretty good spot with to begin the process right now. But Jarquez, I think, is is near the top of that board, and I think that they are moving the needle with him tremendously. And I think that Florida connection is very strong. I think he likes Davion Dixon a ton. I think that he got to know Sean Savolano, a player that he wasn't as familiar with comparative compared to Davion. And again, man, like players that I would say liked Notre Dame or intrigued by Notre Dame, but come out in much more solid grounding. So no decision, I think, in the near future for Jarquez. But I would anticipate him probably making a game day visit sometime this fall and continuing to develop that relationship, which was really enhanced this weekend.
1: Okay. Now, I'm going to go off script here a little bit because I'm hosting and I can do that. So uh, I know we haven't had a recruiting hour since obviously last Monday. There was a pretty big recruit on campus last week in the 25 class. I don't know that you've had an opportunity on this show, I know you put some stuff on the board, obviously, Uh, but on this show, to talk about Deuce, Deuce Knight, the 25 quarterback that was on campus for a few days, if I'm not mistaken, took in a practice, um, at least one, I know that, So, and I know you've spoken to him, you've got some stuff on the board, but just kind of give everybody just a, a summary of how things went, we're a few days removed from that, obviously, so we can get it off the board or whatever, but... Uh, just wanted to to bring him up. There are a couple of questions in the chat uh, about yeah. Deuce. So I'll just bring them up as you're talking, and then you can kind of touch on those. We can just kind of get that out of the way.
3: Yeah, there's a little Deuce Night hysteria that I know we'll talk about as far as him like transferring high schools, which is just yes. absolutely absurd. That we're losing our minds over a kid that's not even a junior in high school yet transferring to school. Somebody's but, even
1: blaming me for not bringing him to uh, the local school that I work at. Like,
3: whoops, <laughs> I sorry. saw that. That, that was Did hysterical. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, What was it? Pen, pen, right? They wanted you to bring the pen or whatever. Yeah. I saw that. That was really funny. I mean,
1: it would have opened up the passing game. That would have been great. I would have appreciated that. More PhDs for my kidney kick.
3: That's so funny. So Deuce Knights, he got in on Wednesday nights, late on Wednesday nights. Not a ton happened Wednesday night. He spent the majority of Thursday on campus and then made it it his way back at night. Okay. So he is a quarterback out of Loosdale, Mississippi, George County. He is transferring high school to Lipscomb Academy in Tennessee for his junior year. He announced that yesterday. If, if you are listening to us on, right now on a Monday. So, I mean, Vince, I mean, we kind of put it out like this. Notre Dame and Tennessee were the top two for deuce Knight coming into the trip. There are some that believed some sources that believe that Tennessee may have had a slight lead going into the trip. Afterwards, I would say, that Notre Dame was in the driver's seats, like they had moved the needle that much. He had been able to look at practice. He'd been able to do the, do the campus tour. He also took a really cool photo when he was on the top of the. He was on the top of the stadium and he was holding one of the Heisman trophies, which was just really dope. Wearing the number two jersey, which just absolutely looked like fire. So, Gino Cudolli has been a big one on this one. Okay, a huge one. I Loves Gino. I would say. If you ask me what coach, not just on Notre Dame, but what coach in general has had the biggest impact on Deuce from every school that's recruiting him, I would say it's Gino Gadouli so far. I think that he's done that good of a job. He has moved the needle with that young man. Notre Dame has not signed a player from the state of Mississippi since 1997, where they did in back-to-back years. They did in 96, 97. Haven't done it since then, so it's been a long, long time. I think Deuce and I really like Notre Dame a lot. I think it's there. He also said they're going to be in it until the very end, very end. And we thought the end was going to be this summer, but Deuce had kind of put it back and said, I want to take visits this fall. So I want to take some game day visits because understandably he wants to see in person what the offenses look like and what he could be a part of and what the the scheme look like and, and how he could just visualize himself. So he is planning right now to go to Notre Dame USC. That's the game that he plans on attending for University of Notre Dame. And I think that Notre Dame is in a tremendous spot. And I know that there's some hysteria over Deuce as far as the you know transferring to a school in Tennessee when Tennessee is the other big player for him. And I fully understand the panic. But as of right now, I think it's all going to work out. I think it's all going to work out as far as I don't think that it's going to be the end-all be-all or the right. be-all end-all. People always yell at me because I say it backwards. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> so... <laughs> Notre Dame's in a great spot. I'd say they're in the driver's seat right now. It's about maintaining that momentum throughout the season and having a great showing in front of him when he visits campus. But I think Notre Dame's done all the right things so far.
1: Okay. Let's get these Deuce questions out of the way. So here's one I think we can shoot down pretty quickly uh, from beezer 12 Washing beard Is Deuce definitely waiting until signing day, which would be two and a half years from now?
3: Yeah, yeah, Beazer. I, I don't know if uh, someone has reported that or if you've heard that somewhere, but uh, I mean, we've certainly have never reported that. Originally, he was supposed to, because he's going to be a junior in high school this year. Correct. He was supposed to make his decision this summer, and it's been pushed back into making it in the fall. So, no, he will not be waiting till signing day. He'll be waiting till signing day to sign on the dotted line, but making a, his his college decision will be much, much, much before national signing day.
1: Right. Okay. Uh, We've got a couple, obviously, about him transferring, so we'll just bring them up. Sean Palace says, with Deuce Knight transferring high schools, does that lessen Notre Dame's chances to get Deuce given uh, uh, Beasley is also at Lipscomb Academy, or does this move not have a great impact on his decision?
3: I don't think it has a great impact on his decision. And I kind of said on the board, like, I don't think it has a great impact on his decision, just kind of getting the no deuce a little bit. I mean, he strikes me. Actually, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Forget it. I'm not, I was going to compare him to another recruit, and I, I don't want to do that right now. We'll we'll do we'll have two and a half years to, yeah. to make comparisons, right? right? I'll say it like this, though. I understand why the hysteria happens. He's transferring to Lipscomb Academy to play with a couple of players that are already committed to the University of Tennessee. Tennessee is the other major player and it's going from the state of Mississippi to Tennessee. I fully understand why some people look at that and say, that's a red flag. And I'm not even gonna sit here and say that it won't end up being one. Just from my perspective, though, right this second, knowing Deuce and knowing that this decision had been most likely in the works for some while, and I'm sure the one that Notre Game staff already knew about before everybody else on Twitter found or sorry on that X found out about. I think that it's not a big deal. I don't think it's a major deal. Because for me, noter, for me, Deuce, I think, is a very he's a very because the reason he pushed the the decision back is I think he's a very studious young man. I think that he yeah. wants to make a really good decision. He's already talked to me about I don't want to make a rush decision, so I decommit. Like he's talked about that. And does that always mean that he won't? No, it doesn't always mean that. But I really think that we sit here. And you look at kind of just – I think that for me, he played at a not great high school in the state of Mississippi, and he's going to go play at one of the better programs in high school football in Lipscomb Academy. And there's a very better track of academically and and being able to function in, in Notre Dame. So I think that you can take it from both sides and say, kind of give some people pause, sure. But will it end up being a big deal? I just don't think so, man. I no. just really don't think so. I look at it and I say, he's he's a different cat, I believe, and a player that I wouldn't bet on just making an impulse decision like that, and I, I just really don't think that's where we are.
1: Okay. All right. So I'll save the other. There's another question in there about an Indiana school. I'll save that one for the mailbag. Uh, so that is going to do it. Unless you've got any other news to break Co- or talk about.
3: Couple notes, couple notes, because uh, okay. I will answer one question about him, but I should have something deeper. I, I want to have a couple other pieces out soon. I'll have one on Christopher Burgess at some time soon. Rowan Byrne, we talked, we we didn't talk about Christopher Burgess, but Christopher Burgess, Owen Strebig, I should have a lot more information on very soon. So, boresadiversbreakdown at Irish if you want the continued information on those guys, right down at the screen and two notes on players that did not make the trip i think cuz i for, forgot to lead off with this two players cuz there was said to be 33 total recruits on campus two players that did not make the trip from the same high school cleveland heights ohio defensive lineman brandon caesar and athlete linebacker safety also plays running back marquise davis they were both planning on going together with their head coach there were some travel issues, and they were not able to make the trip. So okay. for everybody else, I know there was a question on this, and we'll get to it, but those are the only two players that, uh, that were on the official visitor list that I believe did not make the trip. That was Marquise Davis, and that was Brandon Caesar, both from Cleveland Heights, Ohio.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this edition of the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour, but stay tuned because we will have a mailbag. So if you want to get your questions in, make sure you put MB or put the little mailbag emoji The mailbox emoji that would be great that way we can grab those questions real easy without uh staying glued to the chat but uh so a lot of good information there about the barbecue the grill and chill if you want more information though you're gonna have to sign up boards.irishbreakdown.com there's a bunch of information over there and there will continue to be information as uh ryan and brian work the phones and and get more info more intel man because that's the intel is on the boards, folks, and, and we bring it to the show eventually, but if you want it first, got to be on the board. So that's my yes. highest recommendation. And, and, then and we course, also
3: we also don't put every single thing out in the universe that's not on exactly. the boards as well. So if you want all the information as exactly. well, horse.ashbury.com. Sorry, Vince. Didn't mean to come
1: nope, back. you nailed it. You nailed it. So <laughs> the good stuff is on the boards. Make sure you guys check it out. And there's also some fun uh, – OTs, some off topics as well. So uh, always some good discussion, always some great stuff over there on the board. Uh, but if you're listening to the end of this podcast, make sure you hit the like button, the subscribe button. Make sure you share with your family and friends. Make sure you give us a five-star review. Leave a comment. Have some fun with it. All right. We really appreciate it. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast, Notre Dame Recruiting Hour.